Welcome to Bible Nerds, a Bible study podcast for people who want to know what the Bible says and learn how to study it on their own. In each episode, we are joined by friends ranging from expert scholars and theologians to novice Bible readers. Together, we dive into a passage to find out what it says about God, about people, and about obedience to gain a better understanding of our relationship with God. I'm Sam Davis, a missionary with Bridges International in San Diego, California. On this episode of Bible Nerds, we're joined by John Shirley and Nick Euler. Today's study topic of Jesus' life took us to John chapter 4, verses 1 to 26 and 39 to 42, where we studied the story of Jesus and the Samaritan woman. There ended up being some background noise that we just couldn't edit out, so we hope you enjoy the soothing sounds of a dog barking and some kids playing in the backyard. Here's the show. Thank you guys for joining me. I'm really excited to do this with you. You guys are, in my opinion, just you're giants in the faith. And I am not a giant. <laughs> Nick yeah. agrees with me. Nick's a giant, but I'm just, I'm short. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got, you were both very influential to me and all my brothers uh, as far as growing in faith goes. And I, I want to take this time to just thank both of you for doing that and being there and just being a, a really strong light to us so thank you so much for well, that. that is a joy to hear and thank you're you. welcome yeah <laughs> so uh just for people out there john shirley is actually the first missionary i ever met and so when i think of missionaries i actually think john shirley that that's my go-to thought yeah john shirley i'd agree with that john do you want to tell us a little bit about your uh your mission past i worked for uh 10 years with uh, a mission in what was then zaire in the center of africa now the democratic republic of the congo uh, it was african christian mission pioneer bible translators the two agencies working together i'm kind of working with pioneer bible translators again now uh, uh kind of on a part-time basis kind of as a volunteer at this point gradually working my way back to uh, hopefully working more full-time with awesome yeah and nick will you tell us a little bit about your past so nick is also someone i've known for a really long time we got we all, actually all three of us went to the same church together northwest christian church in decatur illinois and nick used to help lead bible studies and things like that and um, i just remember like nick being like the cool older guy that would actually hang out with us <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah um let's see I was a freshman in college, I think, when I started working with the fifth grade, fifth and sixth grade youth group. And so that was you and um, Brad Owen was in there. I forget who all was in it, but... His brother, Dan. Yeah, Sam and yeah. Dan. Right. And then the other Dans. Oh, Carpenter so and... Carpenter and... and, and yeah. Right. yeah. So many Dans. Yeah. So yeah, I was helping out while I was in college. And then since then, uh, we've done camp together. Uh, we had a couple mm-hmm. times, several times that uh, Andy Baker's camp. I think my favorite was when you guys, when your brother showed up and you, one of you was oh, yeah. in the, and then he switched. It came, one went out one door and the other came in the other door. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so I've been in ministry for 20, 21, 22 years, something like that. I started uh, full-time Mound Road Christian is where I started at. And so that was 90 six and then I, uh, I was at Highview Christian in Washington, Illinois, went to Auburn. I was the senior minister there and then uh, Creve Corps, Illinois, I was senior minister there for a little bit. And then now I'm a children's pastor at uh, New Life Church in uh, Morton. Just really love the church and I just recently finished my master's degree in um, spiritual formation. So that's kind of the quick summary. Yeah. 
And you've got a, a podcast that you have one season out of already. Yes. And you're yeah. working on season two? I am, yes. And then I've also been doing one for our church uh, called the Minister's Minute Podcast, just to kind of, through this COVID-19, just helping our church uh, connect. Mm-hmm. But my podcast that I did for my master's degree, that was my project, and it was uh, on spiritual formation. Image Makeover is the name of the podcast, and I did that, you know, that we are to be made over into the image of Jesus. And so that's mm-hmm. what the... What the um, podcast is all about yeah that's awesome yeah the image makeover i got i listened to a couple of the episodes already uh really good stuff i definitely recommend giving it a listen and uh john i also would love it if you would talk a little bit about the new mission that you're gearing up for well as i said i worked previously with pioneer bible translators um helping to facilitate a translation in in what was in zaire in recent years what uh, all the bible translation agencies uh the big ones around the world have discovered is that translations are actually moving ahead fairly rapidly, but the bottleneck for getting translations completed and into the hands of people is kind of the final step of checking the translation, what's called a a consultation or a consultant check, Mm -hmm. where people who have experience with biblical studies and, and previous experience in translation, they may not know the language that it is being translated into, but together with the team and some software tools and things like that, they can check to be sure that the translation is accurate. You know, they can't necessarily ascertain that it's a good translation or a smooth translation. That's up to the people who are the native speakers of the language. But they can check to be sure that it accurately f- reflects the biblical text. And so a couple of years ago, I was exploring returning to work with PBT, and they put the bug in my ear to consider being a consultant um, to help kind of uh, take up some of the slack in this bottleneck of uh, finishing translations, getting through this final consulting stage. So that's what I've been doing kind of on a very part-time basis over the past couple of years, doing some of that a good bit of it actually long distance over the internet with some software programs that are available now. And then when that stage is completed then traveling overseas, uh, to meet with the, the team and kind of do the final check of particular books of the Bible in person for a week or two weeks. And so over the past couple of years, I've taken three trips to, to uh, East Africa and one to West Africa uh, to work with PBT teams there. I was actually supposed to have taken a trip to East Africa again just last month, and that, of course, got delayed. But we're hoping to be able to reschedule that for the fall and at that time to actually check two books of the Bible in that trip instead of the one book that we were going to have um, during this spring trip. Okay. So. That's awesome. Well, my name is Sam Davis, and I work with Bridges International and Crew here in San Diego. And our goal is to reach international college students with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, we're really excited to do that. And this is Bible Nerds. So thank you guys for joining me to nerd out on the Bible <laughs> for a little bit. Today, we are talking about Jesus's life. Uh, I would love it if, John, if you would make a choice between these four options. So if Jesus is life, do you want to talk about Jesus is born, Jesus is baptized, Jesus is tested, or Jesus and the Samaritan woman? I, always, I like the story of Jesus and the Samaritan woman. That's a great story. 
So Love it. I have an NIV in front of me at the moment, if that's okay. Uh, yes. I have an old NIV. Okay. I don't know if you did this on purpose, John, but we are going to John. Well, um, actually, we're... that's the book I've been checking in this language. So at any rate. Oh, <laughs> nice. So John chapter Sounds four, good. and that's verses one through 26. And then we're going to skip to 39 and go to 42. So John 4, 1 to 26, 39 to 42. Okay, before we jump into the reading, uh, I am going to pray for us real quick. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the time to get together with these two great guys. Uh, we thank you for your word, and we pray that you would open up our minds and our hearts to hear and receive what you have for us. Uh, we thank you again for all these things. In your name we pray. Amen. Let's go ahead and read the passage all the way through. Who wants to read that first section, John 4, 1 to 26? I'll read it. Okay. The Pharisees heard that Jesus was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John. Although, in fact, it was not Jesus who baptized, but his disciples. When the Lord learned of this, he left Judea and went back once more to Galilee. Now, he had to go through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about the sixth hour. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew. And I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asked you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, You have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his flocks and herds? Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her, go, call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, you are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is you've had five husbands and the man you now have is not your husband. What you've just said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus declared, Believe me, woman, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said, I know that Messiah, called Christ, is coming. When he comes, he, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I who speak to you am he. 
Thank you, John. Uh, Nick, what about you? Would you read the rest, uh, 39 to 42? Yeah. Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them, and he stayed two days. And because of his words, many more became believers. They said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves and know that this man really is the savior of the world. Thank you, guys. That's a, it's a long passage, but it's a good one. Yep. Let's talk a little bit about some difficult words. So often we do this with international students, and that's a really good mindset to have when thinking about it. If someone is looking at this from a second language perspective, what are some words that might be difficult for them? The Samaritans. Or Pharisees, like in the Pharisees. very first verse. Who are the Pharisees? And, and what difference does it make that they heard about Jesus? Well, how, how would you explain the Pharisees? They were like a religious group. Of, amongst the Jews, who they often found themselves opposing Jesus because they were all about being rule-bound. And right. uh, Jesus seemed to regard relationship with God and relationship with other people as being deeper than just the rules. It wasn't like he threw out the rules and the obedience, but uh, they were all about just the rules. And so they, they often clashed with Jesus. Yeah. yeah, I think that's a that's a great way to explain it. It's just, it's definitely a big part of the story that they, they seem like a lot like the, the enemies in the New Testament when they clash against Jesus. Nick, you mentioned the Samaritans. How mm-hmm. would you explain that? Uh, the Samaritans. So when the, when the kingdom of uh, Israel split in two, you had Israel in the north and Judah in the south. The Israelites were defeated by uh, Assyria, and they were taken out. And then when they, when they brought people back and repopulated that area, they were kind of a mixture of people from different places. And Judah eventually was uh, overrun by the Babylonians. They went into exile and they came back. The The ones that came back decided that they were going to not do what what got them in trouble in the first place. And so those that were repopulated in the north became what was known as the Samaritans. You know, they didn't worship the same as the um, the Jews because the Jews really wanted to keep themselves pure. They didn't want to go outside of the bounds so that they uh, became, uh, so what happened to them the first time happened again. They they really mm-hmm. kind of drew circles around and said, we're, we're going to make sure that we're not going to go back. And so that meant that they excluded uh, people who were, unclean or uh, didn't follow the rules, um, that type of thing. So the Samaritans were, were that, those kind of people. Yeah. So the Jews and the people who were around Jesus and Jesus was a Jew Mm -hmm. really looked down on Samaria and Samaritans as a result of that. Yeah. I think that's an important thing, especially for this story is to point out what you're saying is that Samaria, anybody in Samaria is looked down upon from the perspective of Jews. This is great. This is like a compact history lesson. This is fantastic. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and so when it says there at the beginning that, so Jesus is leaving Judea, mm-hmm. which is south, and he's going north to Galilee, and in yeah. between is Samaria. Mm, and so it yeah. says he had to go through. Well, a lot of Jews wouldn't do that. They would actually right. go out of their way to go around Samaria just to avoid having any contact at all with mm-hmm. those people. 
Yeah, so yeah. those really, people. It was really a radical thing for Jesus to even be going through Samaria on his mm. way from south to north in the first place, let alone talking to this yeah, person. making a point to stop and have a chat. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. What are some yeah. other difficult words that we? Oh, Messiah. That yeah. that may be one. Oh yeah, That's a pretty big word. Yeah, because so, at the very end, the woman says, well, you know, she, she'd been having all this discussion with this this man at the well, and mm-hmm. he's saying all these things that sound really deep and profound, and she's not quite certain what to make of it. And then she just kind of dismisses it and says, well, I, I know that Messiah is going to come, and he'll set it all mm-hmm. straight. He'll tell us. So Messiah was like way back in the Old Testament, God promised that he would one day send somebody to set everything right, uh, right. to rescue, to save, do, do all these great things. And so everybody was really, really eagerly hoping for this Messiah from God. And that's just kind of a term that means, you know, the one that God promised to send to mm-hmm. make everything right. And mm-hmm. so that's kind of what it means. It's not not really a name. It's more like a title. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like the sa- the savior, the the chosen one, the, the one really, everybody's waiting yeah. for. Yeah, the one everyone's waiting for. That's really good. Now, what about this in verse thirty nine? There's this word testimony. The Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. So I think it's just that she's telling them something that she really believes. It's something that that's happened to her. And, and uh, yeah, it's her experience. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like mm-hmm. going in a court of law and giving your testimony of what, what yeah. happened to you, uh, mm-hmm. what you, what you experienced and witnessed firsthand. Mm-hmm. All right. So I know that there's probably a lot of other $5 words in here <laughs> or even $2 words that we could probably point out. If we spot any of those later in the, in the study, Go ahead, but I do want to see if either of you would like to try to retell this sort of like in a brief way in your own words, like in a few sentences. Are you biting Nick or shall I try? <laughs> oh, I got it. I, I can oh, okay. do it. Right. Okay. Jesus was uh, was gaining popularity in, in the south in Judea, and so he was uh, needing to go back up to Galilee. So instead of going around the normal route, uh, he went through Samaria. And on his way there, he stops at a, a village, uh, the village of Sychar. And while he's there, um, he's uh, sitting by a well. His disciples go off to do something else. And uh, and then this woman comes to draw water. And so he asks her for a drink. And then they have this long discussion about uh, what it means to worship God and what it means for him to even talk to her because first she's a Samaritan and then she's a woman. And so she points out the differences and in spite of the differences, Jesus uh, reaches out and, and talks to her and then tells her that he is the Messiah and that, you know, people will be able to worship him in spirit and truth, not just in a certain place. Let's see. And then eventually his disciples come back and then the whole town ends up believing in Jesus through her testimony, uh, through what she experienced with Jesus. Well, and the other thing that that I think really takes her aback is that he seems to know something about Mm -hmm. her past um, that she maybe wasn't very proud of, but he already knew this, you know, somehow, you know, and so she still was talking with her and he's still talking with her. And so she figures out from that, like, whoa, this guy's like 
this guy's got something, you know, I mean, he's like a prophet though. So there's, there's another yeah, thing yeah. fancy. A prophet. A prophet yeah. Somebody prophet, who, yeah. who kind of is, is in touch with God and gets messages from God. So, yeah. So she's really surprised about that. Um, and that's kind of part of what she's talking about when she tells the people in the town, he told me everything I've ever done. Well, that's a bit of an yeah. exaggeration, but it kind of sounded like that to her. It felt like that. To her. Yeah. Well, man. That's a great. That's a great summary. Definitely more than three sentences, but totally worth it. It was. <laughs> that's a big packet or passage. <laughs> <Yeah. more> than... <laughs> that's so true. That's so true. Yeah, I really love that point you brought up, John. That the thing that she thought, you know, might make someone dismiss her. He's like, I already know about it, and I still want to have a conversation with you. That's really great. So we have read the passage we've checked out some difficult words uh and you guys have brilliantly retold this passage now let's uh do what we call discover so we're gonna figure out what this passage says about god uh, what it says about people and what obedience looks like from this passage and uh it's really good if we could when we state these things point out like where are you getting that from well for example what what like what john was talking about before uh jesus and this is what we learned about god jesus the son is that he he knows our he knows our hearts or at least here he knew her heart he knew her story and her background so that that's something that we can know about god that that he can see us uh for more than the outer things yeah another thing i just kind of was looking at is uh, verse 10 uh, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. That, that idea of God giving gifts and giving giving living water. So that's something that we can learn about God from this passage that he gives gifts. It sounds like from what Jesus says there that God's just waiting to give mm-hmm. this gift. Yeah. But what he's really waiting for is just to be asked. Yep, you know, right. he, it's, he's not going to like dump it on us, you know, without our asking for it or acknowledging it or, but we have to kind of know that God wants to give us. Yeah. This gift. Mm. Yeah. He's waiting. He's waiting to give us that gift. That's so cool. Yeah. I like how he explains the living water. Cause that could be a thing that would confuse somebody living water. What is that? And then 13, he's like, everyone who drinks this water from a well will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water, this living water, I will give him will never thirst. Yeah. And then he talks about it lead it, it wells up to eternal life. Can you imagine hearing that for the first time? You know, that was that seemed like like you're a crazy person. <laughs> what are you talking about? But it, it's so good. Right. I mean he starts out just asking for a drink of water and then he suddenly takes it a whole lot deeper. Yeah. yeah. Is that a well was that a well pun? It takes it a lot deeper. He <laughs> <laughs> didn't mean it that way, but it didn't. <laughs> <laughs> kind of seems like he knows this is part of I me mean, obviously he knows something about her past but he mm. kind of knows what she really needs um because mm. you know he's in some in some sort of a kind of puzzling mysterious way he's kind of uh, drawing her to himself with this talk of of living water and not being thirsty again and she doesn't quite understand it or maybe she's intentionally misunderstanding it Mm. initially it's like he knows what she needs she needs water that gives her you know what the water is just like something he's grabbing onto because it happens to be there as an image of what he's really offering which is eternal life 
<laughs> yeah, I think she caught, got caught up in the water. She's like, now, wait a second. This well has been here for a long time. How are you getting water that's different than this or more yeah. than this? Didn't the disciples do that too when Jesus said, beware of the yeast of the Pharisees? And they're like, yeah. he's mad because we didn't bring any food. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Missed the point, yeah. Okay, what, do we, what else do we learn what about? What do we learn about God? Is that what oh, we're God. kind of yeah. thinking about? Yeah. Well, so if we look at, so she kind of gets a, off onto this question of where we should worship at because the Samaritan, yeah. she says, because she figures out this guy is a prophet. We know mm-hmm. something about God. He's obviously got an inside track with God, and she doesn't want to have to address this question of her five husbands, so she sidetracks it with this other question. Well, let me ask you a theological question. Now, we say we can worship here. You guys say you should worship at Jerusalem. What's right? And he doesn't get drawn into that question. Instead, he talks about how God wants people to worship him in spirit and truth. It doesn't matter if it's like on this mountain or that mountain. Um, what God is really all about is people who are, who are worshiping him, I guess, with their spirit, maybe. I'm not sure. In truth, maybe like with their heart. He doesn't, doesn't really care about the outer form so much as he cares about what's inside the person if they're really worshiping God. Mm. And that's kind of a fancy word, too, is, is worship. Mm-hmm. True. Yeah. You know, depending upon where you're coming from in terms of your religious tradition, you may think of worship in terms of certain rituals or things like that. Um, but it sounds like here, you know, what God is looking for is people who will love him and adore him and honor him from inside, from their heart, from their spirit, yeah. truly. Yeah, these verses are really key to understanding about God. You're right. Like verses 21 to 24, it's just Jesus yeah. talking about who he is, Father, Son, Spirit. He talks about all of them here. Very Trinitarian text here. <laughs> He even like spells it out. He says, God is spirit. That's great. So that's something we can know about God. Okay. God is spirit. Yeah. And he, and he wants to give us something. He yeah. wants us to worship him. Mm-hmm. He wants us to do it honestly and in truth. Mm-hmm. And he isn't so caught up in the ritual or the place. Right. You know, at least that's the, the heart of her question. Yeah. Even at the base of what you just said, the fact that we can know that God desires, that's really cool. So He's not so other. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, mm-hmm. He has desire, and his desire includes us. Yeah, just like Jesus was willing to sit down and talk with this lady, you know, at yeah. this well in Samaria. That's good. And then the woman in verse 25 says, I know that the Messiah called Christ is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Jesus doesn't correct anything that she says. So I feel like we can understand that she's right, that Jesus is coming. Well, in her mind, is coming, meaning that he's not here yet. But she didn't know she's talking to the Messiah, and he'll explain everything to us. I think that's cool. That's something that we can know that they knew, uh, even about who Jesus was. That he's, you know, he's going to explain all this, and that he, he, I don't know, was coming. Yeah. Yeah, I think my favorite passage about Jesus explaining everything, kind of as an example, of that would be Luke twenty-four when they wrote to Emmaus when he, uh, the, they're so distraught about Jesus dying and uh, and then raising from the dead. He explains scripture to them and who he was. And so that's mm-hmm. yeah. uh, kind of made me think of that. Oh, guys, there's one big thing that we're missing here. This is like a force for the trees scenario. Jesus declares, I am he. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Jesus is God. He's the Messiah. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of the I am statements. 
Now, what about this like 39 to 42 section? Is there anything we can learn about God there? So they asked Jesus to stick around because they're really intrigued by what this lady's had to say about him. And he does. And because of his words, so it must have been Jesus stuck around for a couple more days, and he must have taught him because that's what Jesus did. And it says he spoke a lot of stuff to him. And then what Jesus had said to them convinces them that he's the savior of the world Mm -hmm. because of the things he's had to say to them. So we don't know the content of what Jesus said during those couple of days, but they were eager to learn and... Mm -hmm. Jesus was ready to teach them if they were eager to learn. Oh, yeah. I I just, I mean, it is kind of interesting that, you know, I don't know if Jesus had an agenda or a schedule or something like that. You know, like, uh, I got to get to Galilee. Sorry, guys. I can't stick around (laughs) for another couple of days here. I've got, you know, a meeting, you know, on Tuesday. Whatever his plan is, he sets it aside Mm -hmm. and says, yeah, I'll stick around a couple more days. Sure. I just think that's kind of cool. Um, mm-hmm. There are people that are ready and interested to learn. They may not know very much, but they're ready to learn. And so he just says, yeah, sure. Yeah. And and compounding on top of what we were talking about earlier with the fact that, like, not only is he going through Samaria, but he's stopping to talk to a woman. And, then and this. now he's going to spend several days there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Changes the schedule. Yeah. Yeah. I can, can you imagine, like, the disciples, his disciples just throwing their arms in the air? Like, what? <laughs> what are you doing? doing? Right, because they would have had probably the same attitude towards Samaritans like most other Jews would have had. And mm-hmm. They yeah. probably would have been like, why are we going through here? And and now he's talking to this woman and, and mm-hmm. now we're going to stay two more days here or however long they stay. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and this concept that we're talking about, the whole like, Samaritan thing, really brings insight to the story of the Good Samaritan. Yeah. You know, because the first two people who didn't help the man were supposed to be like religious leaders or highly respected people. And then the third person is a Samaritan. And when we read that today, we're like, okay, it was a person from Samaria. But what the text is actually saying was this is a person who you're supposed to see as detestable and they are doing a really good thing. So God has a way of turning things upside down. Yeah. Yes. So speaking of things being upside down, we were talking about God. Let's now talk about people. (laughs) What can we learn about people from this passage? Well, this woman, is a if if she's a typical person, and I would suppose so, we're all kind of like her in some way or another. Jesus tells her stuff, and she doesn't understand it right away. Right. And that's really true of all of us. But it doesn't mean that Jesus just throws up his hands and says, oh, you're so stupid. He just kind of keeps going. Right. Yeah. I like, I like that a lot. You're right. And like in verse nine, she says, you're a Jew and I'm a Samaritan woman. How, how can you ask me for a drink? She's acknowledging there's that, uh, that distinction that people make and there's like a struggle there. And he's not even worried about that. He doesn't care at all. He doesn't care about that at all. That isn't important to Jesus. Mm -hmm. Or maybe it's important to him in the, the opposite way because that's the way people view these people. He's going to go out of his way to demonstrate that that's not God's attitude. Mm -hmm. Uh, Verse 13, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. I think that seems to say that people can have eternal life. Mm. They can have this life and it comes from Jesus. It comes from God, uh, but they can have this 
this kind of quality of life that is forever quality. And I think in the Bible, that doesn't just mean like it just goes on and on and on and on and on. But it means like, it, you know, it's, it's a very special, abundant kind of life that goes on right. and on. Yeah, not just eternal as in in time, like temporal e- right. eternity, but uh, eternal as in an abundance, overabundance. Abundance, of, yeah. yeah. And then another, mm. to piggyback off of that, that people can worship God uh, yes. in the spirit mm. and truth. Yeah. And God wants their worship. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, verses 23 and 24. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah, that's really cool. It seems like a weird concept, but the fact that we can worship in spirit, right? Yeah. Knowing here, he says God is spirit, and we're like, well, it's strange to think of ourselves as spirit because we're so physical. You know, we're, we're physical beings. But then Jesus says clearly, uh, worship my Father in spirit and truth. And like you said, Nick, we can do that. That's so cool. Uh, I think verse 11 is interesting. She's talking about, uh, are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us this well? And th- that people put a lot of stock in human history and, and uh, human tradition. She, she even knows about the Messiah, but she also put stock in, in their lineage and all those things. And in their traditions of worship, you know, where she talks in sure. verse 21, you know, where she says that, well, you know, we all say that you should worship God here on this mountain, wherever this was in Samaria, where they were. So that's their tradition. And you Jews, you have a different tradition. Right, you know, yeah. Like you say, people have those various traditions. Where, and that doesn't necessarily mean they're bad, but what God has for them goes deeper than that. Mm-hmm. Maybe, you know, verses 39 to 41 tells us that people can be skeptical, <laughs> but but can also listen to truth. It can be won over. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and the, I, the other thing I like, too, is that at first they believed because of what she said. But then once they explored what Jesus had to say, they believed because of what he said. Yeah, that's actually really kind of important, isn't it? Because, Mm. I mean, they first got interested in Jesus through her. Right. Isn't that true for a lot of people? Mm -hmm. They first get interested in Jesus through somebody they know who tells them about Jesus or tells them Jesus is pretty cool, pretty special. He's done great things for me. But then that it that we never want that to be like the end, you know. Right. The, the next step is for them to get to know Jesus themselves. Um, mm-hmm. Great, you know, for this woman who's a very unlikely evangelist when you think about, it. you yeah. know, I mean, a woman who's had five husbands and is currently living with a man. Who would have picked her to be the one to introduce Jesus to her whole village, right? Yeah, you right. know, how funny is that? Um, she probably thought the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, she's the one who does that, but then it moves on from there where they get to know Jesus for themselves. That's yes. actually kind yes. of kind of a cool lesson, you know, when you think about it. God, God will use, you know, just the most unlikely people in our mind, you know, mm-hmm. to accomplish some really great things. Yeah, and even yeah. though you think you're disqualified because of what you've done, mm-hmm. God can still use you. Yeah, just go and say whoa, you got to meet this guy. Let me yeah. tell you what he told me. And, yeah. you know, that got the ball rolling and took it from there. Yeah. They, uh, she just says, hey, here's my experience. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. it's that Her simple. testimony. That's that word testimony. Yeah. Testimony is just, hey, here's what happened to me sitting out by the well. Yeah. yeah. I need to start using this passage, but this is how I often explain evangelism to our students. And this is what she's doing. I'll say, um, 
do, do you have a relationship with Jesus? And they say, well, yeah. I say, Don't, do you want them to have a relationship with Jesus? Well, yeah. Okay, well, introduce them to the person you know. <laughs> you know, that's really what it is. That's what she's doing. She's like, mm-hmm. let me tell you about this guy I met. And that's, that's all we need to do is say, here's my experience with the Savior of the world. And yeah. our greatest hope is that these people will say this. And I love this phrase. We no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we've heard for ourselves and we know that this man really is the savior of the world. And, and at that point now that we, we have heard for ourselves means from him. That's so cool. And she didn't have yeah. to have her act together or, or, or know a whole lot about Jesus or theology or anything like that to do what she did. Right. And, and I'm sure even by Samaritan standards, she was looked down upon because of her her history. Well, I, and in fact, some people say, I don't know if this is true or not, but some people say that the very fact that she's coming to draw water in the middle of the day when the sun is out and it's hot, when most women back in that time would have gone early in the morning and it would have been kind of a communal thing where all the women draw water together and they stand around mm. chat, you know, all that sort of thing. Well, here she is. She's drawing water in the heat of the day all by herself when there are no other women around. Um, some yeah. people say that that's kind of a sign of the fact that she considered herself or was considered a social outcast because of her history. Um, you know, the text doesn't say that, so we don't know if that's, you know, exactly true or not. But some people say that that, that could very well be the case. Mm-hmm. I, I love that. But even this, um, Nick, how, how many years have you, have you been in ministry? Uh, 22. 22. 23. Uh, John. How many years have you been in ministry? Oh, I don't know because I'm so old. <laughs> okay, right? yeah. I went to Lincoln Christian University. I went to a Christian University 10 years ago, and I've done like countless Bible studies. So maybe I'll, I'll, I'll say like 15 years I've been maybe. Do you ever feel like I'm unqualified? To, oh, yes. Even, oh, my even goodness, people, yes. Yeah, even people who have been in ministry this long still feel unqualified. And then this woman... <laughs> yeah, way, way less time in ministry than us, and and we have the same feeling. We're not qualified, and but here we are, clearly, definitely qualified to just tell people about who Jesus is. Yeah, to tell our experience. Yeah, yeah. that's a huge thing to know about people, guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's really great. We've learned a lot about God from this passage. We've learned a lot about people, and if you if. As we move forward, if there are any other things that pop up about that, please drop that knowledge. Please let us know. But let's talk about obedience. What does obedience look like from this passage? And it may be things we've already said. Obedience means we worship God mm-hmm. and that we tell others about Jesus. Mm-hmm. Well, and sometimes obedience is also following what Jesus did. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. He's also our example. And we look in this passage and we see him like making a point to go through the place that nobody else would go through and to talk to the person that nobody else would talk to, you know, to throw out the window, you know, all, you know, whatever prejudice, you know, his, his Jewish counterparts would have had. He's not buying into that. He's going to talk to anybody and everybody and particularly the people that are like the most outcast. I mean, Mm -hmm. that, that says to me that that's an example 
of what we should be doing if we're going to be following Jesus. And mm. following Jesus means doing the kinds of things he did. Yeah, well. Obedience. So Jesus says to her, if you knew the gift of God and who it was that asked you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you the living water. Oh, so it yeah. Sounds like Jesus is saying, God has this for you. He's waiting for you, to, for you ask. to ask. He's waiting for you to ask for this life this eternal life. You know, I mean, in one sense, we do that when we become a Christian, but it's kind of like an ongoing thing too. You know, Lord, give me, give me that life today that I need. Help mm. me to, help me to, to live that life and to follow you. You know, all the, all those things. It's like a, it's an asking every day sort of right. thing. Right. That's verse 10. Yeah, no, verse 10. Yeah. I think that's brilliant. Obedience looks like asking. Mm. And expecting that God is ready to give it. Yeah. In living water, what we and what we spelled out earlier is not just water, it's it is eternal life. It is the greatest right. thing we could ask for. And so if we can ask for that, then we can ask for anything short of that as well. All right, let's see, what else can we learn about obedience? I think it's also in verse 39, well, that that last part, 39 to 42, believing is also obedience, believing in that Jesus is who he said he is, that he's the savior of the world. Yeah. And also that Jesus was obedient uh, because he says, you know, in verse 40, so when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay and he stayed. Mm. That's kind of interesting. You know, when you're talk, looking at for obedience, it's like, Oh, and so like John said to John's point earlier, following Jesus means that we wanted to be more like him. And so part of that is Jesus was obedient. Mm. Always good to get obedience lessons from Jesus. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. I really love that, Nick. That's so great because that's that's in verse 39. Yeah. And then like you said, that's in verse 40. And then that's again in verse 42. Verse, two, for, verse 42, we believed before. But now we believe even more. Right. All right. I feel like we've really sunk our teeth into that as well. Now, let's talk about obedience for us. So in light of this passage, of, of going through this passage, finding out what it says about God, people, and obedience, how will our week be different? How, uh, what can we do this week to reflect our study of this? One passage that really intrigues me out of this is where Jesus said, if you knew the gift of God, you would ask, and he right. would give you. So maybe part of it, I mean, I know he's talking about eternal life, but I think that can also go to, you know, just every aspect of our life with God. Okay, God, what is it you, you know, maybe God wants to give me something. I don't even know what it is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so maybe what I need to be doing is saying, God, what is it you want me to ask you for? Uh, mm. And then ask him for that and expect that he is ready to give it because maybe a lot of times I think we tend to think that God is, well, God is stingy or God is mean and that's not God at all. You know, he's ready to give us stuff, but he's waiting for us to, and maybe just ask him, God, what is it you want to give me this mm -hmm. week and then help me to ask you for that. Mm. Yeah. that And that reminds me of the concept of, uh, what was that passage? Lord, help me in, uh, Lord, I do believe, help me in my unbelief. Help, help my unbelief, yeah. Help me yeah. in my unbelief. It also reminds me of Solomon, King Solomon, you know, how he asked for wisdom, mm. you know. And I think that's that's really important in this scenario. You know, you're, you're, you're saying, John, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but you're saying 
we should ask God, but sometimes we don't even know what to ask for in the first place. We don't even know what to ask for. And we don't even realize that God wants to give us deeper things, better things, you know, not just like, okay, you know, a new car or whatever, you know, I'm not thinking like that. I'm thinking like things inside of us, in our character, in our spirit. So verse 10. So is that, is that your I will statement for, for this week? That sounds like a good one. I like that to kind of uh, maybe inspire my prayer this week to ask God, okay, what is it you want to give me, God? Um, and then I will ask him for that. Nice. Yeah, mine would be I will tell others about Jesus, share my testimony of how uh, what he's done in my life, just as the woman did in verse 39, that the town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. That he said, she said, he told me everything that I ever did. Mm. So just uh, for maybe that willingness to tell others about Jesus yeah. more boldly. Man, that's so good. You guys came up with some really good ones. So Nick, yours is to just be more bold and and you're wanting to tell other people about Jesus. Yeah, yeah, and, just willing to tell. And John, you're talking about uh, wisdom for knowing what to ask of God. I think. And this is, is honestly from because of what you both said. And but Nick, last you you mentioned the Samaritan woman. The fact that he tells her all about her darkest things, you know, and he just confronts her with it, lays it out on the table, and it's just over with. And then she has nothing holding her back from just like being to to, to hearing and believing him. You know, right? Um, God knows those things anyway. So I think for me. Uh, this week, I'm going to be more like the Samaritan woman in my prayer life with God. I want to just sort of like talk about how I already know that he knows everything. You know, the the best parts about me, the worst parts about me. And even though it's already to him laid out, I just want to lay it all out. You know? Yeah. Okay. That's gonna, it's going to be a tough week. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to I wanna thank you both for joining me in doing this. It's been really great. I got so much out of this passage. I, I've gone over this passage countless times, as I'm sure the both of you have. And I've oh, learned yeah. so much more today than I normally do. Thank, thank you very much. Thank you. Sam. Yeah, thank you guys. So again, thank you to my guests, Nick and John. If you want to check out their ministries, uh, I'll post a link so you can do that. Would either of you like to pray to end up? Sure, I can. Dearly Father, I just uh, thank you for Sam and and uh, for this opportunity to to be on his podcast. Thank you for John and uh, just uh, the friendship that we've had over the years and uh, the influence that he's had in, in my life. And uh, Lord, we just uh, pray that this uh, Bible study that we did would be handy and, and helpful for those uh, who hear it or watch it, uh, that it could be an encouragement to know that uh, uh, God's word really still speaks uh, to us today, and that it is uh, a valuable asset. And so, Lord, we just thank you for your word, and thank you for this time. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. All right. Thanks, Thanks a lot. Bye. See you guys. We like to think of a nerd as someone who wants to know as much as they can about a subject or topic. Our goal at Bible Nerds is to show you that anyone can be a Bible nerd. We want to know, what does your obedience look like? What is your I will statement? Let us know in the comments below. If you have a prayer request or any questions, email us at wearebiblenerds at gmail.com. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe.